Joining us now in our studio is a Northfield uh, School Board President, Claudia Gonzalez-George. Claudia, good morning. Thank Hi. you so much for coming in. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me, Jeff. And I appreciate you uh, sharing your space with me. All right. You have a... Uh, you're subbing for uh, Superintendent Matt Hillman. Dr. Hillman is in Washington, D.C. with a uh, superintendent's get-together. It's um, almost like the it's the wrap-up to the superintendent of the year. And so they've mm-hmm. invited all the um, finalists um, to a forum and a gala in D.C. So right. we got to see some fancy pictures of Dr. Hillman <laughs> and his wife at the gala. Now, if uh, if you he was a finalist last year, does that disqualify him for future uh, consideration? I don't know if it disqualifies him, but I can tell you that he will always be our Minnesota (laughs) Superintendent of the Year. That's his permanent title, I can tell you that. he, In fact, he just got another award. He was recognized in the What's Right in Education, got the Difference Maker Award for his leadership. So, you know, we're very lucky to have him at the helm here. Great stuff. Great stuff. Let's talk about last night's school board meeting. First of all, we've uh, talked with uh, Superintendent Hillman about the uh, world's best workforce. Tell us a little bit about that and what was discussed last night. Sure. Um, you know, and speaking of lucky, last night we were lucky to have uh, Powerhouse Director of Finance of Val Murdister helping facilitate our meeting. Um, and we got into the world's uh, best workforce at the regular meeting after a public hearing where Director of Instruction um, services Hope Langston presented the world's best workforce. This is a um, this is a program, a, a report that districts are mandated to put together every year and report back to the state um, how they did in five goals. Um, and so Hope Langston last night presented the board and the public um, with the results of those five goals for our district. I won't go over all of them. I'll share this first uh, point that came through about kindergartners being at grade level benchmarks for literacy in the fall of 2023. So this is last year's results, right? Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry. So reporting for fall 2023 in the star early literacy test, we saw 64% of our kindergartners making grade level benchmark, which is a significant percent. Our goal was 70, and we're going to keep it at 70. Um, And so how to get to that 70, Hope reported on a robust action plan that will help drive our benchmark to 70%, seeing kindergartners make that that, uh, benchmark. And so she spelled out that our NCEC, teachers need to be trained in letters. That's the uh, literacy program that helps teachers teach um, phonics and and reading. Uh, Community school expanded to all three elementaries, preschool navigators connecting to families, um, continued use of great reading curriculum that stresses phonics, partnerships with Reading Corps, uh, nationwide uh, connecting with nationwide programs like uh, uh, the library and HCI, um, keeping parents connected to the classroom, of course. My point being here that it takes every adult in a child's life to see them succeed, and that 64% is a great testament to our district. Yeah, 64%. Um, well, if you think, this was tested after they've been to kindergarten for a couple of weeks. Exactly. A few weeks. Exactly, and, and it is mind-blowing to me, and I mm-hmm. think that's why I thought, okay, this is a year behind, and then realized, oh, no, no, we're talking about just a few months into school, and so this is about investing in your community. This is about preschools, and we'll get into that a little bit, hopefully, here, speaking of the um, the uh, 
NCEC? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, so don't feel pressured to answer, but uh, do do most kids in this day and age, you know, I, I was in kindergarten, it's been a long time since I've been in kindergarten, but do most of them go through some form of preschool in this day and age? Right, so we don't have, and kindergarten used to be this way, where you didn't have to go to uh, kindergarten or full-day kindergarten. So that's been an advance, um, even in my lifetime, where you um, have children enrolled in full-day kindergarten. Mm-hmm. That's, state, you know, that's a, a new innovation, full-day kindergarten. So preschool's not there yet. We don't have um, uh, mandated for families to be enrolled in a quality preschool. Mm-hmm. And so what we have in our community and in many communities are um, quality home care centers. And then we have places like the NCEC with <coughs> early ventures. Um, and we have a, we have a, you know, a great program here, but it's limited slots, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't offer that to everyone needing it. And we're very short on child care options for young families. All right. Claudia uh, Gonzalez-George is our guest, the school board president. Let's move on from uh, from the kindergarten level to uh, adults. <laughs> the early learning and also adult education. We got a report last night uh, from Erin uh, Bailey with the school district. Uh, what did she have to say? Yeah, so... Um, it segues really nicely, as I was saying, about uh, the the need for child care in our community. And so Erin was able to report that um, there is a high demand for those slots from, um, you know, parent child, uh, child classes to um, the uh, early ventures classes. Um, all, of, all of the classes are full and demand is high. And so she was able to let us know about um, just how much parents are wanting and needing those uh, early education slots. Mm-hmm. Now, the demand uh, is high. The personnel, do you have, is there money in the budget for more personnel? You just haven't been able to, to find them? Uh, or is it, are you, you know, budget-wise, are you maxed out? Yeah, great question. So the way that, um, the way to think about that, it is not as easy as just opening one more classroom, finding one more space to, to meet that need, but that you have to provide for um, that child moving on through the, the you know, greater um ages and finally into kindergarten and Mm -hmm. so it's not just opening one classroom um yeah so and there's always going to be a question of do we have staff out there and we do in fact Aaron talked to us about how the turnover at the NCEC is very low um very unusual to have staff just stay on like that in this kind of position all right good to hear Let's move on. Uh, some of the things that you voted on last night. Well, actually, there were two items that you voted on last night. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, the recently arrived English learners. Uh, what was uh, approved last night? And that was uh, passed by a 7 to nothing vote, so it was unanimous. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the last time I was here, the board usually is presented with um, a request, and then we vote on it at the next board meeting. And so... Uh, we were presented with this need. We were having an influx of students recently arrived English learners. That's the the new word, to, the new phrase to use instead of EL or ELL. Um, and so these recently arrived students required a different level of intervention. And so we were um, asked to consider hiring an educational assistant. Even between that meeting and last night's meeting, we saw more students 
from different countries arrive and wanting services here in Northfield. And so um, last night we were able to vote on an English, uh, uh, I'm sorry, educational assistant and also a teacher who will provide services to our students, our newly arrived students. Uh, well, let's talk about that a little bit further. The newly arrived students, uh, you know, we have uh, one of our, our largest uh, minority group in this uh, town is uh, uh, the, the Latinx uh, community. So uh, Hispanic speakers, speak, people who speak uh, Spanish, are there other countries involved? Are you finding that there's maybe students that have a different language uh, uh, that they uh, use as their first language? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the way I understood it is that these newly arrived students are not all Spanish speakers. So it's very mm-hmm. exciting to, to see new cultures arrive in Northfield. All right. Uh, they're also probably, I'm guessing that they would be the full spectrum of age group, you know, K through 12. It's not, they're not all kindergartners out there. For addressing that, you'd need to have some people who are teaching that uh, can teach a lot of different grades. Has that been an issue? Or? Correct. And, and that's part of what makes, um, you know, giving these families the, the educational services that they need. So you have... Um, as you said, not always kindergarten, clean slate, coming in, um, needing to learn English to succeed in school here. But you have, in this case, students arriving at the middle school as well, which you can imagine um, the the upset in that family's um, routine with a 10, 11, 12-year-old n- new to country, needing to learn English, and yet also make friends and integrate into the school system. Um, yeah, and even into high school, we see newly arrived needing uh, these English services and then integrating into the classroom to get the education that they need in English and uh, math and science and, yeah, anything. Boy, and their, their parents have to do probably the same thing. It's a huge task. Yeah, it's a huge ask. You know, when you're looking at hiring somebody for that position, do you need more than one person? Uh, can one person handle the different ages? Or how, how, I guess, specific is the training? Right. Um, so first of all, you don't need to know the student's language to be able to give them services. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one. Um, one version of a newly arrived student's experience is that they spend the majority of their day in a classroom learning English um, and vocabulary that would uh, pertain to the different subjects like math and science, um, social studies, that kind of thing. They also will spend some time just being immersed in the language um, by sitting in on their middle school or high school classes and sometimes there's a person, I used to actually have this position at the middle school where I would follow a student into their, say, health class. They would be immersed listening to the lessons, trying to follow along on the textbook, and then I would pull them aside as part of my job um, and help them get through whatever assignments were being handed out to them that day. So yeah, a student has a variety of experiences from spending a, a big portion of their day just learning English. Um, all the way to just an immersive experience most of the day and then checking in with a teacher at the end of the day um, to go over what they've learned and kind of give them supports. Hmm, Interesting. Well said. Let's move on to the uh, enrollment report. October 1st comes along, and that's where uh, you you take account of how many students that you have, and that has a lot to do with the funding from the uh, state. Uh, Northfield traditionally has had right around 4,000 students. we have talked with Superintendent Hillman about uh, a decline in the enrollment, a gradual decline in the enrollment over the course of the next decade or so. Are we seeing that now? 
Right. That continues to be the trend is a decline in enrollment and it's a nationwide state across the state. You see it and then nationwide as well. Um, and, you know, I work at one of the colleges here and, and we're talking about that that cliff as well and seeing declining enrollment even at the uh, college level. Um, so here in Northfield, while we had a bump this year, we're doing um you know, we're ahead in student enrollment this year. The decline is not, um, it's, it's, it is real and it is, um, headed our way. Demographers have, um, you know, consulted with us on that. And then director of finance, Val Mirzov also sees that, um, and is preparing us for that decline. You have, uh, you being the school board has taken some steps in the last couple of years to address that from a budgetary standpoint, um, is everything kind of lining up right with what uh, some of the actions that you took a year or two ago? Uh, will there be more? Is it? Well, you know, what, explain that uh, whole process and where you're at in that. Right. So, the prioritization that we, the budget prioritization that we did up for a couple of years, was in response to seeing what was going on with the budget and um, understanding that we needed to make that prioritization or cuts. Um, and so, right now, we are seeing the results of that in a healthier, um, more sustainable budget. And the hope, of course, Jeff, is that we don't do more um, of these prioritizations, but you know that this district is a, a great steward of our finances. And so if we need to do more prioritization in the near future, we will. I don't see that happening this year. There is, uh, you know, Minnesota, of course, has open enrollment. So there are students from other school districts, for whatever reason that may be, uh, that uh, move into Northfield, or at least go to the Northfield School District, I should say. Uh, are you seeing more of that now? Is there, is there a... I don't know if there's a competition between school districts, but are you are you seeing uh, students either move in or move out nowadays? Right. So that, and it's funny you use the word competition too, because I think it's uh, a natural, a default to feel that way. And in the end, it's about what the community has to offer, not just the district, right? So here mm-hmm. we, we do have a real crisis with housing. Um, and so open enrollment being that maybe the family doesn't uh, live in the district, they live close enough um, that they decide to drive their student in. And what we see in our district is that we have more students who could have chosen any public school in the area, more of those students choosing to come to Northfield Public Schools. And that's a great testament to what this community is and what this district has provided. Claudia Gonzalez-George is our guest. Uh, she is the school board president. Let's move on to, uh, it's Education Week, American Education Week. Is the school doing some things to, uh, you know, notate uh, that? So the um, National Educators Association puts forth this week um, to celebrate public education. Mm-hmm. You know, in our district, we have, uh, we appreciate our teachers in May. We have a week also dedicated to bus drivers and our um, food services. Um, so we, we take different weeks throughout the year to celebrate our different personnel. Um, but this week is education week and so it's a time for us to reflect on all of the good things that public education does for for our communities in fact I wouldn't be here sitting in front of you without public education I'm the uh, child of immigrants who they themselves did not finish elementary school Um, but uh, thanks to public education um, I got a stellar education and am here today 
All right. So once again, uh, Claudia is with us, uh, the uh, school board chair. Uh, what else do you have uh, to talk about? Sure. Um, and the other thing that we talked about at the meeting last night is our upcoming uh, work sessions. Mm-hmm. This board is going to take time this year to discuss the needs of the high school. Um, it's part of being good stewards of that building. We've been diligent about the maintenance, um, but as any um, homeowner knows, it's uh, not just the little bits of uh, the, the smaller projects. You also have to look at the larger projects. Sometimes that includes a large project to help you um, save on utilities. Um, and so we're going to be looking at our HVAC systems, our windows, other uh, learning spaces um, that are better for students of today. Um, you know, there's a reason why we don't have one buildings anymore with all grades in them and, and working off of slates. We've, um, you know, continued to provide our students over the decades those tools and those spaces that um, provide them with a better learning environment. So the board is um, looking at some board sessions to talk about those needs. The first one, and of course the public did public is invited is this week at the district office at 5 30 and then this saturday is one of um several saturday tours we're offering the community to come in and look at the high school and that's from 10 to noon and then in december we'll also have a field trip to owatonna so if you care to join us um that'll be uh we'll be taking a bus for those of uh, the community members who want to ride with us that's december 9th Oetato was recently featured in the uh, Star Tribune this Sunday, a big article about their new high school and uh, uh, how it uh, is uh, you know, what they believe. They've only been uh, in school for a couple of months now, uh, kind of a game changer. Uh, wh- have you been there yet? Have you seen it or heard about it? I have not been, so I'm looking forward to this um, field trip, as I'm calling it. It's good to look at the whole range of possibilities for our community. Of course, doing nothing is always an option. Personally, don't feel like that's the best stewardship um, move. Um, and the you know outer range being all the way to a brand new high school. And so it, it's just good to go, look, and dream, be inspired, um, see what we, we could do in our community. We're very different from Owatonna, obviously. So um, this trip is about being inspired and seeing what the possibilities are. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. Much appreciated. Great all right. job. Thank you. Claudia Gonzalez-George, Northfield School Board President. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080 KYMN Northfield.